Welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Conversations with business expert authors to learn about the author, their expertise, and to help you find your next read. And now, here's your host, best-selling author and CEO of Influence Network Media, Jody Brandsetter. Hi, Adam. Welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. I'm excited to hear more about your book, Extreme Entrepreneurship. But before then, can you tell us a little bit about you and, and what your expertise is in? Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, and I think that the uh, what's relevant to the book and the stories in the book is that I've been teaching and researching uh, full-time as an academic for 16 years. And I've visited, at this point, 122 countries and counting. And why is that relevant to the book and for your audience? That's the basis, the foundation uh, from which I worked. I, I, I used my semester breaks to gather stories of entrepreneurs in interesting places. I, and that's the basis for what became the book, Extreme Entrepreneurship. Fantastic. And so before we started recording, I got to meet one of your past students and you said that he was one that kind of urged you to do this. Yep. So tell me, you know, why did you decide to become an author and write a book? Okay. So I was already writing, but they were mostly research articles. And when I wrote about some of these stories that we use to spot issues with students, right, and, and have them sort of see the relationship between the theory and the actual practice of starting up a business. Previously, I was writing in a very academic style. And even, a, even though these cases I would share with them with students, the teaching note is written for other teachers. So that's got jargon. It's got citations. It's great for its purpose. You know, those a few of them won awards, but they're kind of long and academic and not very accessible. So what the, the inspiration here was to take those audience favorites, those student favorites, tell them in a more natural conversational style. You know, one of the questions, one of the questions is, how would you describe your book in one or two sentences. Here are the two sentences. Imagine Anthony Bourdain's Hearts Unknown blended with the best of Guy Raz, How I Built This. Another way to sum it up is these are unfamiliar contexts, but universal lessons. Some people, after they've read some of the stories, say, you know what? It's more than just business wisdom or wisdom on how to start a business here. There's just sort of life wisdom about how to view reality, uh, see opportunities, make it through adversity. So there's some lessons for life. That's why the subtitle here is uh, Inspiring Life and Business Lessons from Entrepreneurs and Startups Around the world. So that's a bit about why I came to write it, uh, was to finally take some audience favorites, share them with a, a wider audience, and to tell them in a more natural, accessible format. So I'm curious, did you start your travel and going around and talking to these entrepreneurs based off of your academic career? Or, mm -hmm. or were you already kind of traveling and, and you started kind of seeing that this could be information that could really help your students kind of see the entrepreneur spirit, but also to be able to take some of those lessons and move forward? With. That's a great question. And the, the best answer is that it's a little bit of both. The way I tell the story to people, and it's actually a theme that's consistent with the stories in the book, is that you sometimes start out of a vague sense of, of what you want to do. But I didn't I didn't think I'd be writing a book, to be honest, uh, years ago. I was partly, you know, one theme is scratch your own itch. Another, another theme in the book is people that looked for other people's problems to solve. In my case, you know, I kept stumbling into people that had great, inspiring stories, succeeding in places where I would have given up. And then I started started experimenting with using them in the classroom, then I realized they're useful. And, and then I became more mindful about seeking those people out and adjusting my approach so that it's, it was less serendipitous and less relying on, on luck and being just more deliberate about, about reaching out to people, uh, sometimes very specifically, sometimes more broadly. So it, it started out almost accidentally, and then it became much more deliberate. Great. And so when you decided to write the book, who were you writing it for? I would say the way I've been describing it for ever since I conceived of it was, you know, it's really meant for at least 
least to specific audiences. And then if other people decide they love it, great. Uh, one audience is the, the group of people who either have a startup, are dreaming about having a startup, or just love spectating. There's a huge audience out there that love the story of other people pursuing their dreams, right? Uh, look at the popularity of Guy Raz's podcast and now his book, right? As he puts it, there's a hero's journey in any startup story. Perfect, great. So there's both, let's be clear, there's there's one sort of circle, if you can imagine, of people that either spectate, are dreaming about doing it, or actually doing it. There's a whole other circle, if you want to imagine, of people that actually are really into traveling, people that are dreaming of traveling after a year or more of lockdown. And then there's uh, the people that enjoy spectating, right? There are plenty of people that love watching other people travel. Vicariously, they enjoy it. So uh, I've imagined two markets. There's a, a bit of an overlap, which if you're into both travel and entrepreneurship stories, then this is definitely, uh, you're, you're in sort of a Venn diagram sweet spot. Absolutely. I think with everything that we've gone through for the past year and a half, finding some commonalities or being able to see someone who go, goes through adversity and is successful, it's probably going to help help us all feel a little bit better about what's going to be happening in our future versus what we've been seeing the last, you know, year and a half. And that's, I think the, an advantage of this book is that some people, when they look for entrepreneurship stories or they look for inspiring examples, they go to the very, very, I don't want to say the top of the economic pyramid because it almost is implying that the, you know, the bottom is less than the top, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. They go to the, the stories of Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Silicon Valley, and that's entrepreneurship. Yeah. But I've been saying for a while, if you want to see real entrepreneurship, go where it's illegal, go to Cuba and look at how people work around uh, systems that don't work perfectly. Look at the, the workarounds they find and imagine that's resourcefulness. That's taking a risk. Go to places where you start out with, you know, literally nothing with no venture capitalists around where people are making less than a dollar a day, maybe you can learn something from them, right? If, if they both just, if you're looking for inspiration and if you're looking for ideas about how entrepreneurs see opportunities to, you know, take a little bit and somehow end up at the end of a year or several years of effort with a solution solved and, and people better off both materially and in other ways, that's one of the advantages is that there's many different contexts sampled. Not all of them are, you know, absolute context of absolute poverty. There's a few stories from the United States, but there's a lot from, from different context. So if, if one story doesn't float boat or you can't relate to, there are others. Yeah. I think we all always go to those super successful entrepreneurs that are, you know, in the limelight. And it, it's really nice to be able to shed the light on the entrepreneurs that are working day in and day out and, and see what they're doing. Because as an entrepreneur, I don't want to be a Jeff Bezos. I don't want to be an Elon Musk. That is not my goal. My goal is to enjoy my life, have a purpose and serve others and be able to to make money. You know, it's, it's not, I'm not looking to, you know, be a billionaire. That, that's never been a, a dream of mine, but that doesn't mean I'm, I'm not a really strong entrepreneur. It's just that my entrepreneur journey is going to be different than someone who is looking to make that achievement, which would be fantastic for those. I would love to cheer those people on, but my entrepreneur journey is completely different than that. You, you are tapping actually into a theme of, of what unites some of these people from totally disparate contexts. You know, different demographics are represented here. And what do they have in common? I, I, you, you just mentioned it, which is that they, they are not primarily much less exclusively driven by becoming rich. That's not maybe the best motivator. It, it might be an aspect, right? Make a living. But a lot of them, there's a unifying theme in terms of a, an, an enormous sense of mission that they're solving a problem. And that will drive people and, and keep you going through adversity. 
think there's, there's an expression to paraphrase a few different expressions and mix them up. You know, maybe you shouldn't always chase your joy. Maybe you should look actually for pain. Uh, in other words, pain points. And, and then think of solutions, not just for your own itch, the itch that you want to scratch, but other people's pains. And in finding a solution for other people's pains, you might find a sense of mission. And in your sense of mission, you might find passion. It doesn't always mean the same thing as finding joy and bliss every day. No, <laughs> because any new venture you start are going to come with moments of doubt and pain and uncertainty and uh, and setbacks and a feeling like, oh my God, I've lost everything. I don't know what I'm doing. That's a common theme. <laughs> and what keeps driving them? A sense that this sacrifice is somehow worth it. And there's nothing like the sense that, you know, your, your pain and sacrifice right now might lead to returns and solutions and a better life for other people and yourself. So that's a common theme. And eventually the money follows and the supporters come out of the woodwork and people come out to help you. Maybe not inevitably, maybe not in you know everybody's life, but in these stories, that seems to be a common theme that when they, they find that sense of mission, they find a problem that they can solve. You just said it. It's, it's not just about making money. It's definitely not dreams of mega riches. That's what you're, it's, it's kind of like motivations for being an author. If your dream is, if you're doing this, to be a number one New York Times bestseller, eh, chances are it's not going to happen. But if, if you look for, okay, what's an awesome story that I, uh, what's a, a unique value proposition, some kind of a unique story that I can communicate on behalf of other people, I found that that, that made it worth it. And even if the book didn't sell, I'd, I'd still find it a worthy exercise. Yes. I was just talking to a different author and she, she talked about like, she wasn't trying to become a Daniel Steele. So this was not her purpose. Her purpose was to give the ability for her and her idea scalability. She's only one person. She can't meet every single person in this world to talk about culture in the workplace, but she can write a book and help more than what she can do in person. So yeah, an author's journey is very similar to an entrepreneur. You're looking at it in a way that it will serve others, but also serve kind of your purpose too. So I'm, I'm curious, you kind of like went right through the two or three takeaways, which was great. I'm really excited. I'm definitely buying this book. I would love to know what are some successes you you have seen since becoming an author or any kind of celebrations you've had or, or any aha moments that maybe you've recognized now that you've kind of put this out there in more of a storytelling way versus an academic way? So it's only been out briefly. And I was thinking about how to answer this question. I think the, the coolest thing is to find out that people authentically liked it, including people that, you know, who tell you, you know, you, you impacted my life. Uh, that, that's, that's the biggest reward to hear from somebody that is changing careers or has been down on, you know, what the heck comes next. And when they, when they say that it gave them inspiration, it, it almost doesn't matter what specific lesson they, they walked away with. There's lessons summarized at the end of every chapter. And then the final chapter is a collection of, uh, you know, re-summarized all the lessons from the whole book. And um, it's funny how it's, it's almost like, so this is the first success. You asked for successes since the book came out. The first one to paraphrase what they say about uh, teaching or, or any other experience with other people, they might not remember the content, but they remember how, how you made them feel. The, the feedback is the re one rewarding success has been hearing how the book has made people feel. As far as, you know, objective metrics that we should not care about, but let's face it, we do care about. It was awesome to see it actually make it to the top uh, as a number one bestseller in several Amazon categories. Uh, the biggest shocker was actually being number one in uh, entrepreneurship management. And, and there's another one, business and economics, globalization, if I remember right. So there's a few categories that are actually, you know, kind of crowded. There's some other, there's some good competition. There's some authors with, with awesome lessons to share. That was, that was a huge, I, I'll, I'll confess that little superficial measure of success that, that some people actually bothered to click buy. Yeah, that, that was a reward, but you know, uh, I think at the end of the day, you're not going to be bestseller forever. 
right? And knowing that there's a few people out there that, that were positively impacted, I think that's the bigger measure of success. Look, the people that you meet by putting a book out there, if anybody listening to this is wondering, is it worth it? Because maybe they've started, they've, they've tried, they've given up. Maybe there are days that are just awful, that they're writing crap or they're, they're self-judging and they're like, oh, I've been rejected. Nobody wants to even look at my writing. Okay, so here's when you finally get it out. Let's say it doesn't even sell that much, but just get, getting it out there, you get these cool invitations like from you. We didn't know each other a few weeks ago. And in my LinkedIn inbox, there's an invite to be on a podcast. And, and then, you know, I researched some of what you do and you, you've got several hustles, but it's really cool that you got like at least three businesses going on uh, or, or three ventures, I guess you could call them, including what? Applying design thinking to human resources, which I've never even thought about. So, so there's really cool interactions that happen once you create something and put it out into the world is uh, the people that you meet. That's, that's uh, maybe the third thing. And, and you don't even know where it's going to lead. We might never talk to each other after this podcast, right? But, but, but it might lead to something. Who knows? I mean, maybe we end up collaborating. You, you just, one of the lessons of the book that ties in with the experience of being an author is you just don't know until you start. So start thinking about it. A unifying theme is so many people didn't even have a plan. They didn't know where the resources would come from. They didn't have an investor. Like literally, if they're truthful, they'll drop some expletives and said, I had no effing clue what I was doing. But I knew I either had to do something out of desperation or because uh, where I was, it was just not more. I could do more in this reality. And I, I didn't want to stay just doing this. I wanted to do, create something new. And and the there's magic in beginning. Things happen, you fail, you iterate, you meet people like we're meeting, and then something else happens next. So you sometimes can't predict everything. I'm not saying don't plan. Obviously, it's good to plan when you can, but but a lot of starting something up is, is iterating, sharing your idea, and tweaking and adjusting. That's one of the reasons I love design thinking and why it needs to be in HR is that humans are the most unreliable... <laughs> product or service that you offer. And if you don't have the ability to test something out or to get feedback and, and, and tweak it and do the iteration, you're not going to be successful. So it's, it's so important that when you're working with humans to do that. So yeah, now have any of the entrepreneurs that maybe you put in the book, have they gotten to read the book? Have you gotten any feedback from them? Yeah, well, first of all, and thank you to all of them. Uh, some of them are pictured there on the cover, which if you're listening to the podcast, I encourage you to come on our, our YouTube channels so that you can see this beautiful cover that we spent an inordinate amount of time stressing over. We finally decided it does make sense to include some pictures of them on the front because they're pictures in the book. And it, this is hopefully sends the signal that this is meant to be accessible and above and beyond entertaining, right? The question was, what are the people featured in the stories? What do they think? Well, I, I made sure <laughs> to run drafts by them. And so I know that they liked being profiled. And if anybody else is thinking of something similar, a lot of people, it's funny, there's a mix of, of emotional reactions. You didn't quite ask this question, but I'll share it. Some people are actually kind of shy and are like, what, really? There's, there's a lesson to be shared in my story. What could anybody learn about my story? You know, as a woman with a bookstore in Pakistan, I'm like, well, what? Right? That, that's why it's interesting. You're a woman with a bookstore in Pakistan. Um, a lot of my students would think a woman-owned business in Pakistan must have unique issues, right? Uh, interesting issues. And sure enough, my students confirm, oh yeah, I, I, I want to read that chapter. That sounds exciting, possibly dangerous, right? So a lot of people, some people are shy and are like, what What? What could anybody learn from my experience? Other people are really flattered and excited. They're, they're, they're pleased. They're happy. I mean... I would say that having someone like you be hmm. that partner who gets it out for them, even if they may not feel like it's something they should do is, is great for them because when you are in the day-to-day -day grind and mm. you're just trying to focus on, you know, your customers or your business, having someone else be out there and be your advocate and say, Hey, this person's doing
doing a great job. You know, it might feel uneasy for them, but maybe this might also get them to step out and, and shine. But again, it's the whole point that traditionally most entrepreneurs don't get to shine because they're working so hard. As an entrepreneur, I thank you for, for doing that for others. And I want people to buy this book. So tell me where can they find it so I can make sure that the audience knows how to purchase the book. And then how would you want the audience to connect with you? So first things first, if you go to Amazon and you search for extreme entrepreneurship, that's one way to find it. It is available on other platforms, Google and Apple. It is available in print and as an ebook to connect with me, my YouTube channel through my, my work account. I've actually changed my first name to extreme last name entrepreneurship. So that's not a very populated YouTube channel yet, but yeah, I thought you'd, I thought you'd find that funny. They can look for me on LinkedIn. So yeah, I will make sure we put that link to Amazon. I will make sure that's out there. I'll get your LinkedIn and your YouTube channel out there too. And Adam, it's been a pleasure getting to talk to you. Thank you so much for being a part of the Booksmart Business Podcast. Jody, can't thank you enough for, for reaching out, for inviting me to all your listeners. Thanks for listening or watching. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Booksmarts Business Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show and share this episode with a friend. In the meantime, join our business author community where you can connect with other business authors and learn about becoming an author at authors.influencenetworkmedia.com. Until next time.